0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. As sports key coming back. So does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betaline.ag. Major baseball, HL, NBA are all in full swing. and There are no shortage of ways to get on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Also, tuning in as Floyd Money Mayweather joins the Betaline team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He will give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit BetOnline.ag to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back sports bonuses. Betaline, your online wagering experts. Alright guys, welcome to another Pit Panther Rants, another Sportsman's podcast. Lot we'll Harris, your host, sponsored by Manscaped, Betaline, and of course brought to you by Armchair Media. Hashtag take a seat. Um not much stuff going on as far as pit this past week. Uh there's some things that did happen. Uh, well Aubrey Hill, a former wide receivers coach at Pitt he was under Dave Wanstown I think he was the first one of Dave Wanstown's first hires I think on the original staff that he had and he passed away I mean he he did a really good job with the receivers I believe and this least is what I thought and then he left and he bounced around and he was I think the last he was at FIU but he passed away at age 48 and god I'm 41 yep yeah I just, well, there's a lot of people I know that, well, I have several friends my age that passed away or died around my age, so, but yeah, still, I mean, he's just 48, man, and I'm not sure what it was, I mean, I'm not sure what the cause of death was, but I don't know, my condolences to his family, and I'll just leave it at that. Sports is back, as you all know. I mean, I've been watching the games. I just finished watching the Canucks and Blues. Got to, th- go to overtime, and I like the Canucks. I um, they kind of remind me of the Burry, the Pavel Berry teams of the early '90s. With you know, with Pavel Berry, Cliff Ronning, Jeff Courtnaw, Trevor Linden, Yurki Lume, Doug Lidster. Oh, well, I think they traded Lidster. I think I think for Mike Keen. I think I? I think I think he was one of the guys that left that got shipped over there. And, of course, Kirk McClain is a goaltender. You know, they had that, they had a really good series with the uh, the Rangers in 93-94. I always thought they would make it back, but they never did. And I think eventually Burry would end up, um, I think he would end up with the Florida Panthers, I believe, is where he ended up. Uh, I think, yeah. I think he bounced around a bunch of teams, I believe. He was one hell of a player. You know, that was in the 90s NHL was just really good pocky. I mean, I remember watching, like I said, 1993 was my favorite season because there were so many hundred point scores and there were just so many superstars. I mean, Buffalo, you had Alexander McGillney and Lafontaine, Dale Howard Chuck. I mean, you had that line and they were bad they were pretty badass until McGillney got hurt. Boston, you had Cam Neely Adam Oates, Joey Juno, and I think they end up getting rid. Of, I think they traded Juno, I believe, but you know, of course, it, of course, it had you know they had Bork, and, Bork Ray Bork, and uh, and Swing, Doug Sweeney, I believe, as a defenseman. Of course, you had the Penguins with you know with Lemieux, Yager, Francis. Well, Francis wasn't on their line, but you know, Lemieux, Yager, Stevens, Francis was you know on second line, Rick Talkett. And of course, the Rangers, because they just got Mark Messier and, you know, Adam Graves, S.A. in You know, they had... You know, Rangers had some pretty... Of course, Mike Gardner too. He was a really fast skater. I mean, he was pretty quick. And, of course, also if had the Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs, you had Doug Gilmore. You had Nikolai Borszewski. Dave Chuck I mean, that was... it was a... Great time to be a hockey fan. I mean, there was just so much action, so many good games. I mean, that's when they were still on ESPN. Which here, you know that. Which, which was what great about tonight was you had on one station you had Flyers playing the um, the Canadians, and then the other screen you had the Blackhawks and the um, Vegas Golden Knights on the other TV. So, I mean, you had hockey on two channels, which was great. And then, of course, you had hockey later that night. After that, you'd be you know, with, with the Blues and, you know, Canucks. Speaking of Blues, you had, who'd they have back in the early 90s? They had Brett Hall, Craig Janey. Yep. Of course, they had Grant viewers as their goaltender, but, uh, You not know, let's not forget the stars. You had Mike Madonna. I can't forget it was Neil Broughton on that team still, I think. I mean you know, the Stars were still a you know pretty good, uh pretty good group. But you know, I do like the Canucks. I mean, I um if they can get past the Blues, I think they're a dangerous team. The Canadians and Flyers, I mean the Flyers are up two to one in that series, but I think the Flyers can, if they can get through this series, they'll be fine. It's just they're being really tested right now by really, with a they're playing a Canadians team that has nothing to lose. They're really, you know, they they have a great goaltender, and they're just uh, they're playing pretty, well, you know, they're just playing well right now. They're just giving team, you know, they, they gave the Penguins a hard time. They're giving the Flyers a hard time now. And then of course you have the Islanders who just you know they went through their series already. I mean there's. So far, I mean, you know, there's been some good, great series. I mean, Stars and Flames has been pretty high scoring. The action's just really good. I mean, it's really good action so far. And flipping over the NBA, I mean, there were some good games I watched. I mean, I watched the Lakers and the Nuggets the other night. And LeBron initially, in the beginning, he looked old. I mean, he just looked aged, and he eventually got himself going. But the Nuggets coach... I liked what he did. I mean, he was I mean, he was playing everybody on it. He, he played everybody on his uh, roster because I think in the end, it didn't really matter where his team ended up. He I, It was for him. It was just getting his guys all back in the playing shape, and he wanted to see what he had. I mean, if he can find a, a mismatch somewhere, you know, if he can find something that's going to work to his advantage with one of his players, he's going to do it. And, of course, you know, we got Port. The big series everyone's talking about is Portland and um, the Lakers, because you got Dame and Carmelo against LeBron and you know Anthony Davis. But don't forget about CJ McCollum. He had a hell of a that playing game they had. He played a hell of a game, and once when, when CJ is on his is on his mark, he's on his he's he you can't guard him. He's tough but we'll see what happens in the series. I mean, there's some people who are saying that, the, you know, the Blazers played a bunch of cupcakes and they're probably going to get worked by the Lakers, but up until uh, Yusuf Nurkic got hurt last year, the Blazers were a dangerous team. Once he got hurt, they they were he would, you know, they were dumb, but he's back now. So they're, you know, they're they're I thought, you know, maybe Zion, you know, if the um the Pelicans could grab the AC. They would be dangerous, but they—I don't know. They just—I thought they would look better, well, you know, maybe with the you know with the layover and maybe Zion hits the gym more. But they just—they just didn't look good at all. I mean, they sucked. But I mean, they have a good enough roster. Their current roster now, would I mean, if you give Zion another year, they're—they're they're, they're good enough to make the playoffs. I think they are. So we'll see what happens there. um. And of course, we can't forget about the Rockets. But the Rockets, they're fourth seed. They drew the fifth seed Thunder, which means they got to play Chris Paul in the Thunder. So James Harden and Mike Westbrook, and Westbrook's been dealing with some things. They're going to be going up against a pissed off Chris Paul, and I just don't think it's going to work out too well for them. And on top of that, they have you know they're playing mostly guards, and I have a feeling that Steve Adams is going to have a big series in this one. I you know. If Westbrook is 100%, I can't see Harden carrying this team past the Thunder. I just think that um, unless Austin Rivers and some of these other guys start shooting lights out, I just don't see them getting past the Thunder. I think that, um, you know, with Chris Paul and the Thunder, you know, the Thunder is not – they're not slouches either. I mean, they have some – with Chris Paul, they have you know they have a lot of they have a good nucleus of good young players that really do de- they really developed after um, Westbrook left. I mean, Chris Paul did a really good job in getting these guys together, and you know, I, from the Rockets, I really be a little bit worried about this matchup. I think if they would drew the Jazz, it would work out better for them. But I think the Thunder is going to be kind of you know they're playing a team that has some chip on their shoulders. Um, I don't think they're too mad at Russell Westbrook. I mean, the guy did he could, and there was nothing there for him anymore. But I, mean, I think the Thunder have recovered. I mean, they brought them. They brought in a guy like Paul to develop these guys and work with them. And so I think you know the West is pretty much going to be a fun, a fun side of it. I mean, the other side. I mean, you got the Raptors. I had to pause it real quick because yeah, the uh the toilet commode just started going off for no reason. I guess I don't know. I guess whoever, whatever spirits room this place. I'm sure they had to use the toilet. I understand it. As far as the East goes, I mean there was the Raptors, but I haven't really paid much attention to the East to be to be quite honest. I mean, I mean I'm sure the late, I'm sure the Celtics are a hell of a team this year. Oh, it's not forget about the Bucks, but I don't know. I mean, people love Giannis. He's a great player, but I don't know if he's a guy you want him. I don't think he's a guy you can count him closing on a series. I mean, he's a big guy. He drives the hoop, but does he do anything else? I've never seen him, you know, I've never seen him hit a three. I mean, can he shoot threes? I mean, I don't know. But I think the Bucks will make a run, but I think they'll just, um, you know, at best are probably semifinals, Western, Eastern Conference semifinals at best. I think it'll be, I think it'll be probably. Well, there's a the Sixers still as well. There's, you know, luck for the Sixers. Kawhi Leonard is not in the East anymore, so they have a clear, you know, clear path. I think it's going to be probably a temp between them and the Celtics, I guess. But anyways, it's 2020. Um, Pitt's still under underway. ACC's still going to go with their season. The Big Ten right now is dealing with teams pushing back now. Ohio State and Iowa, you know, Went after the Big Ten. Now Penn State's jumped into the fray, and I'm sure Michigan's going to join in as well. People are pretty pissed off over this. You know, I don't know. I don't think the Big Ten should give in because of peer pressure. I don't think they should give in because people are mad at them, and that they should listen to the parents and whatnot and the players. They shouldn't say, "Well, you know, if you guys want to play, just go." We're, we're, We're sorry. What the Big needs to do is they need to sit down. And possibly have conversations with these programs and these players, and these parents. And if they're going to reverse their decision, come up with a game plan of what they're supposed, how they're going to do this. You know, so all all bases are covered. That's what pro- that's what that's what I mean. That's what's going to need to happen. One logical choice is not to have the season or postpone it, but. These conferences want to do this, and if they're going to do it, I think they need to have got. I mean, they got to have a, a plan in place. They've had since March to do this, since when they canceled these spring games, and I don't know what the hell happened. I mean, I heard Scott Barnes ramble the other day about the Pac-12, I guess, postponing, and and you know, he seemed dumbfounded. But you know, when he was busy letting Jamie Dixon leave for Pitt. He was so swift in bringing this in buddy to be the coach, but now there was there was a game plan needed to, um, you know, look after the players and, or should or, or should I say student athletes? I'm sorry, and nothing was really done. I mean, no no swift action. I mean, because they're quick to fire coaches and whatnot, and help, tell tell uh, recruits or not recruits. I'm sorry student athletes where they can't transfer to or they have to sit out or whatnot they're quick they're quick on doing this stuff, but they could come up with a game plan though figure this out in case they have a season. I don't get it. I don't know, but I'm sure the players want to play, but you know. But there's got to be a game plan. There's got to be guidelines. Stuff has to be done. And let's hope it's being done. And let's hope we can put this behind us, hopefully. But we shall see. But I can tell you what you don't want to see, and that is a hairy nutsack. And that's why we got Manscaped. At Manscaped, we have cool things, like the Lawnmower 3.0. It's an electric trimmer that's designed to give you the confidence boost for your body image. got a ceramic blade and skin-safe technology designed to reduce nicks and tugs on your balls down below. It's waterproof. It comes with LED lights, so you can Manscape in a shower in the dark, or a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. And of course, they have the Shears Nail Kit, which means you can make your nails all prim and proper without having going to uh, you know, go into a manicure or whatever the hell it is. And of course, there's a crop observer. So when you're done taking care of your balls, give them some nice moisturizer. So you know they're they're feeling good and they're smelling good. So go to manscaped.com, enter the promo code armchair, get 20% off your purchase. And when you're done, go to betonline.ag with all the sports all, all intact, all underway. Bet has got all the props, everything you need, futures, whatever, whatever. And check out Floyd Mayweather's new thing as well, where he talks about his bling and he gives you a chance to win some. Go to BetOnline.ag today. All right, now as we as the season you know our underway, we look at it's 2020, so let's do it in fives. So I'm looking at you know going back you know these anniversaries. Let's see, in 2000, you had Strike Force, which was John Terman, Latif Grimm, Antonio Bryant, with Kevin Barlow as your running back. That team was supposed to be, and of course, they, they had a potent defense as well. I mean, you had Amir Pirofoy, Ramon Walker. And I hope it's they're a loaded team. And we once we finished seven five that season. We played at Beaver Stadium, and we show in more games. I mean, the Syracuse game, the Ch- Detroit News game. I have no idea why we lost that. We had a brain four against North Carolina that year. I don't know how we, I don't know how, how we lost that one. I think Julius Peppers was. I think the reason why is Julius Peppers was on that team, and he obviously had a monster game. Um. There was the Iowa State game, which was the bowl game. I have no idea why we lost that one. I watched that. I mean, the game started off with a John Turman bomb, the Antonio Bryant, and it was all downhill from there. Sage Rosenfels, you know, we you know, he got an NFL. I think he got an NFL paycheck because of us. Virginia Tech, we injured. Mike Vick goes down injured. We still find a way to lose the game because we can't stop his backup quarterback. And Miami, well, they're just Miami. And, of course, we're always going to lose to them. And, we, you know, we they, you know, lost that game pretty bad. But, Pitt finished 7-5 overall. But the next, you know, that season in 2001 should have been two really good seasons. And I wonder, you know, the 2001 season is kind of like a what if for me. What if Walt doesn't uh, overthink himself and just freaking... redesign the whole offense what if he just keeps what was working do they win more games do they possibly win the Big East do they give Miami a better game than what was given it's hard to say but yeah I think what we would have won, definitely won a lot more games and I think maybe recruiting gets a little bit saved it gets a little better I mean but by 2004, it just it, it reared its course. And of course, we got tired of the whole West Coast thing. Um, we got tired of the whole West Coast thing. And well, we hired Dave Wanstead in 2005. So we went from 2000 to 2005. So Dave comes in, and we got tired of the whole California crap. So we bring in Dave, who was going to bring in the blue collar, steel worker mentality back to pit football, power running game. With fierce blocking and, of course, a crushing defense. Well, we didn't see Dave's, Dave's vision didn't really come in until at least 2008. Um, well, 2007, you can pretty much say it actually started to come in because we had a, the defense had you know, started to really come in. They got fa- at, by the end of the season, they got faster and more physical. And, of course, we had LaShawn McCoy, but the problem is we had no quarterback. But you know, Dave's vision came into effect in 2008, and of course, we can't we couldn't beat Cincinnati that year, and then we couldn't beat Cincinnati next year either. So 2000, 2005, then we got to 2010. Despite you know what happened in 2009, Pitt was one of the favorites to win the Big East 2010 because we had Tina Sinceri coming in who was supposed to be highly touted. <laughs> To this day, I have no idea why we thought he was highly talented. I'm, people thought this guy was the future, and I just never understood it. I I don't know. But he was supposed to be the future, and, well, we, well, I think we made him the future because we never really gave him—we never had a— there was never a quarterback that was worth challenging him for position. We had Pat Bostick, but for some reason, they just didn't want Pat Bostick challenging him for some reason. I don't know what it was, but we never had a quarterback that could challenge Tino Sanzeri. Jesus Christ. We had nobody where that could challenge there for the starting position. I mean, there was Trey Anderson, wasn't there? But he came in with Todd Graham, I think. But yeah, that's what we had. So we started losing the Utah in overtime, and well, it just went down from down from there. With the Big East on the line, we found a way to lose the UConn, where we just. We just had a whole lot of problems that year. D.L. Lewis had some ball control issues. I mean, Jordan Taumann would be basically – I mean, the defense basically dry-humped him the whole game. And UConn won the Big East with just, a, with just a running back. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. I can, and then once that happened, Randy Edsel just couldn't get out of UConn fast enough because he knew he, you know, it was the end of the road. And of course, you know that was the year Dave got. Well, was like, Yeah, that was, Dave got fired that year, yeah. Because we had the backcourt brawl and it was a disaster. It was. A, I mean, if you watch that game, the whole game was disastrous, and we beat Cincinnati as a consolation from last year. Although Tony Pike was gone and most of the team was gone, and Brian Kelly was gone, but we, you know, we we got revenge. It took a few years, but we got a revenge on Cincinnati. So, Dave gets fired. The next year, Todd comes in with high octane, and he leaves. Went with Paul Chris for a few years. Twenty fifteen brings in Pat Doozy. and that's when all that's when the you know the positivity really came to the pit football program, and things were looking up. That team, I believe, won eight games that year, and you know. The defense was breathing a little bit more fire because, well, they were blitzing more. They were more physical. And, of course, we had Tyler Boyd and a young James Conner. Actually, we missed James Conner that year because he was sick. But we had Quadri Olson. and he did the job. And now we're at 2020. And of course, the gap between 2015 and 2020. We only you know, twenty sixteen, we had a uh, we beat Clemson and Penn State that year. 2017. We didn't make a bowl game a year. The next year, 2018, we won the Big East. I'm sorry, we won the <laughs> we won the ACC coastal division and play Clemson the championship game. In 2019, we should have, you know, we won our first first bowl game, and now we're here 2020. So it's been from 2020. That's from 2000 to 2020. It's been one hell of a ride these last 20 years. Anyways, <clears throat> let's hope as we go, as I'm coming by fives. From 2020 to 2025, let's hopefully hopefully we can make some more memories here. So we're at the 25 minute mark, and in the last podcast I talked, I talked about my IT stories, and I guess I'll talk about some more. This time, my IT stories goes to Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh of UPMC. I went from basically working at uh, an engineering firm where basically we, we we wore jeans pretty much and t-shirts to a more professional IT setting. And this is where, you know, I got the more where I got the brutal, excuse me, I bumped something. And this is kinda of where I got the more horrific reality of working in IT. Because, you know, when you're when you're in IT you think it's all a bunch of nerds fixing fixing stuff and doing neat things. Well, there's also the guys in the in the in the suits and the shirts and ties that you know that ruin things for everybody else you know and yep there's, there's me bumping be bumping their box, excuse me it's just you know and this is gonna be a long one, so I guess I'll do part one of this when I first got to. CHP, I was a contractor, and of course I got hired on. What I didn't know is um, the guys there who were currently working there, well, they made a lot... When I got hired on full-time from contract to hire, I was making more money than they were. And of course... Let's just say there was a lot of disgruntled stuff. I mean, I was, the guys who were signing tickets knew that and they would bombard me with tickets all the time and they wouldn't really help a whole lot at all. I would get my queue down like like the five tickets and then I'd come in the next day, I'd have 20 more, I'd have 25 tickets in my queue and they were taking all the easy ones. I was getting, I mean, I was working evenings and I was getting, you know, it was bad. It was a lot of mutiny. I mean, morale was just bad, bad, bad. But, um, one of my first um, office visits I had with a user, I went to her work on her machine and she's sitting on her desk and this uh, loud noise escapes her. And she says, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I realized that she farted in front of me. And I said, oh, it's okay. You know, me, me being mid-20s who farts on request in his privacy of his own home, I could have cared less. So I was like, Yeah, it's all right. Don't worry about it. You know, you, you know. she felt bad and she gave me a, um, she went to the gift shop and she bought me a Pepsi, I guess, because she felt bad because, you know, she farted in front of me. I, I mean, I didn't care. It, it happens. I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm a guy. I fart. I should just rip, I should just rip one with her. And of course, you know I bragged to my coworkers about when I came back, and which gave me some bad karma because later that week I had my my polo shirt was worn inside out, so I got you know whatever bad karma just came back to me. Now we um, now the dress code we had at children's it was shirt and tie, or you can wear the black children's polos. Well, our we had at one point we had a new help desk desktop manager and he was an alpha male. At one point, he was a nerd, but then he, you know, he worked his way up in the IT ranks. He started going to the gym. He got rid of his glasses. And he became a jock, which means he became a real unsufferable asshole. And that's pretty much what happens a lot. Night. What happens a lot in IT? A lot of us work up into the, some. You know, not all of us, but good. Some of us, we work our way up. We make a lot of money. Then we start hitting the gym. We start wearing contacts. We become, you know, jocks and of course we become complete total assholes. We I mean, forget the whole why we got into the whole world of IT in the first place. We get more into pol- office politics than we do actual IT work. And that was always the problem at places a lot of places where I work is politics always got in the way of doing the actual job. It was always a, it was it was always a pissing match of getting things done. And yeah, one group that was that I thought they were better than the other group. So yeah, we had a manager who was, he was alpha male, and he every week somebody was on the chopping block. He wanted to write somebody up or fire somebody. He managed through fear. And I think um, at one time our um, the guys in our group. They would play flag football on the weekends, so he would want to play with them. And he insisted on always playing quarterback, but the problem is, is he sucked as a quarterback. He couldn't, you know, he was he could throw the ball, but he wasn't accurate. He couldn't hit the back of a barn door. So one day they um, decided not to invite him for football. I guess they pretended they weren't going to play, then they played. Well, he found out that they played without him, and he got mad, and he wrote, he wrote one of the guys up. He put him on a 60-day performance plan. That's how mad he was. I mean, that's pretty much, he basically would would spend days going through email rings and basically attacking his coworkers, I mean, his, his workers through email. He did the me usually, and I would ignore him. I would just delete the email and just move on with my life because I knew what he was trying to do is he was trying to get me to reply back and get a reaction from me because he wanted something in documented form. And I knew what he was going to do. So if, if he had if he had issues with me, I you know I went to his office and talked to him face to face, and that was it. But uh, yeah, he always he always name dropped every meeting we had. He had somebody who was a CIO or CEO of some big company, and they you know he basically was Dalton from Roadhouse, you know, in the, in the form of IT. But eventually when, when UPMC came in, they saw how full of shit he was and he ended up leaving. But the, the IT manager before him, she, um, she wasn't really qualified to be an IT manager. She was a shift supervisor of, of some help desk. But sometimes when you hire people like that, I mean, some directors prefer people like that because they can mold them. And you know they're not going to be less combatant. You know if they're, not, you know, they're less combative or not qualified enough, she just never worked out. I mean, they put. I mean, we we, we migrated our um, IT infrastructure during this time, and rather than stick up for us like some managers do, she would lock herself basically in her office and cry. I mean, it was pretty bad. And eventually, you know. We all got tired of it. I mean, it became the Wild West in our tech in our tech room and but she went to security and became a better a better security officer. So that it worked out for her. But one thing I do remember is two guys getting into a wrestling match over running calls that happened. The guy tackled the one person. And then he went to this. Then he went to the bathroom and started punching himself to say he, you know, he got, you know, he got, he was getting punched. So that happened. We had a doctor kill our network because he was downloading iTunes, like he was downloading a whole bunch of stuff on iTunes and crippled our network. And we had we shut his port off. And he, brand he rather than just realizing what he was doing, and he couldn't do. He talked about all these, all the all the kids he cares for in our lives. He said, and we were like, "Oh, that's nice that you do all that," but um, yeah, you're killing the bandwidth. You can't do that. But yeah, we had that. Um, I had a user who was a big. He was a he was a heavy Mac user, and every day he came to my my tech area telling me why we should switch to, all of our all of our infrastructure to Mac. Because Windows is just Windows just doesn't work, and Mac or everything would be so good under a Mac. And it's like, oh yeah, we yeah we can't do that. But you know, it wasn't so much that. That was like, um. I mean, my users for the most part weren't too bad. I would say you know, other than the other than the fart thing, the one thing that was most entertaining about going to work at Tron's Hospital UPMC was the was the shuttle rides. Because we par- would park at 2nd Avenue, that little lot, and we would take the shuttle up. And sometimes you would have an interesting conversations you'd hear on the shuttle. One girl, I think, because they would talk on their cell phones. One woman was talking, I think it was a nurse. Yeah, it was a nurse. She was talking about her Thanksgiving plans all out loud for everybody to hear. For everyone to hear about what she was doing And when she she got off the shuttle, we were like, oh, wow, are we invited for Thanksgiving too? And then on the way home, the one time, coming from UPMC back to, to the lot, I had to listen to some woman fight with her husband. I guess they were getting divorced. And I guess it was pretty bad. I mean, he was... She was screaming at him, calling him an asshole and all kind of stuff. And said, ever since I had the baby, you've never wanted to fuck me. And I mean, this was like... I mean, this was on a UPMC shuttle, guys. With people on having to hear all this. I mean, yeah. That's pretty much what riding the UPMC shuttle was like. But yeah, it was, you know... It was always entertaining. I mean, we always... Getting stuff done sometimes was a task between work with UPMC because if 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 there was a you know if we had UPMC devices on children's UPMC always bounced it back to us and the pit you know the, the pit IT was very easy to work with they were pretty good get pretty good people to work with I mean we never had I never had any issues with pit but I think one thing I enjoyed the most about you know. Being there, I think was working in Oakland that just you know being able to go for lunch and just go out the place, of course, I gained a lot of weight during that time because Jesus, I'd go out and I would go to Uncle Sam's at least once a week, I'd go to five guys and Jimmy John's, and after you turn twenty five your metabolism starts to you know not be as good, and of course, you know you're packing on pounds and next thing you knew it. I mean, I did have one. I did. I did have one instance where a mobile cart, a computer cart. We were um, doing some maintenance on our computer carts, like you know that you see in these those nursing you know those nursing floors, and well, one day one, as I was working, I had three carts out in the hallway getting ready to take them back to their floors. Well, one was one disappeared. I had two two at one point, so I'm sitting there and I'm running around looking for this cart, because I figure, you know what, the way things are with this economy, because it was like 2008, something's going to happen. I just envisioned somebody running down the street taking a computer cart away. Well, when I came back from walking, walking all around the hospital, on the street, looking around, I came back to my area. The cart was back But then there was a bathroom across from our um, tech room where we worked at. It was closed when I left. It was open. Somebody took a computer cart with them in the bathroom. And they were on the computer while they were taking a shit. So I couldn't put that computer cart back on the nursing floor. I had to take it and go get it sanitized but that's pretty much some of the things I mean I did you know I did see somebody did take a dump in the urinal one time I witnessed that I mean I walked in the bathroom one time and I was like and this is when smartphones started to really come out and I was like uh, like I was like you know I looked over at this other urinal and I say oh there's there's some crap in the urinal and as it was as as I walked out I had to walk back in and like there was I mean it wasn't just a you know crap, it was a log sticking out of the urinal. I was like somebody took a dump in the urinal. And we always had chairs in our network closets, we always had chairs in our network closets. I never understood why, it's because one of the um network guys, he would um go into one of the network closets closets and take a nap. And he had the right idea because there were some days where I did it too where if I was like sick or something I was, you know, the medicine was just making me do- drowsy. I'd go find the nearest network closet and just uh, rest my head for about 20 minutes. Yeah, those were some times. Anyways, guys, I'm going to end it here. Held a pit. Enjoy your week.